I integrate by keeping things super simple, by focusing on profitability and product market fit, and I let my visionary instincts go play elsewhere. So I'm able to just narrow in and focus in on individual business just on what they need. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Craig Swanson is the founder of Creative Live, as well as having partnered with course creators like Sue Bryce, Susan Stripling, and Kaiza Karanen to the multi-million dollar mark and even acquisition. He's also an EO, Entrepreneurs Organization member, and leads the Seattle Chapters Accelerator Program. We talk about how he started Creative Live in 2010, how he currently works with his business partners, and his passion for helping entrepreneurs. Now let's get right into it. So Creative Live is an online education platform that I started in 2010 that the idea is that we were trying to take what used to be a in-person experience of small education, specifically around photography at the start, things that you wouldn't think you could teach online. And we put a lot of production values behind it and basically broadcast the ex- entire experience live so that people around the world could have what used to feel like just this private, intimate class that you'd have to be in a small group with. Now, that was in 2010. In the last 15 years, the world has been reshaped. But at the time, it was even kind of a unique thing for us to be going live. Like live was not as common as it is today at the early days of Creative Life. What did you use to go live back then? What was there in 2010? Well, so I actually started incubating what became Creative Live in my previous company around 2007, 2008. And at the time, we were using GoToWebinar to teach online courses. And I remember at the time, we were doing it for a local group. We were doing under 100 people at a time. And they had a number that basically said your GoToWebinar account could handle up to 1,000 members, 1,000 viewers, which I thought was a marketing number. Like, like who would ever have something larger than 1,000 people? And then in late 2008, right after the economy tanked and there was a bunch of things happening in the industry, I needed to do something to goose that education platform because it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was you're going to lose it or I was going to figure out how to make it work. And we ended up just doing a free series of a free 10 week series on Photoshop. And the very first day we maxed out the thousand users. I'd never experienced it before. And in fact, I wasn't expecting it. A thousand users, they all started maxing out. And that was what we used back in 2008. And then let's see here, we switched over to something called Ustream, which was one of the early live streaming accounts. I might be giving you more detail than you're really looking for. No, I mean, honestly, I hadn't heard. I'm a big tech person. Mm-hmm. And I had mm-hmm. not heard of Ustream. So this is yeah. quite fascinating. This was back in the days. I think Justin TV was playing. Oh, there was no yes. Twitch. There was, what there, happened there was... to Justin? Well, he 
transformed into another business. I'm not positive what that path was, but basically that was the time when VCs were throwing all this money into live streaming companies in the early days, which effectively meant they subsidized Creative Live. So they subsidized Creative Live by basically, we didn't have to pay for our bandwidth for the first several years of launching because everyone was trying to like just give us free live streaming services and there weren't that many people doing it. And just through proof of concept and everything else, we ended up basically creating this platform where we could live stream over Ustream. We did a lot of adjusting of the video parameters because my goal was to have a very big video because at the time, like 640 was kind of pushing a lot of things and we were pushing it all the way up to like 1280 or above because we were teaching photography. And so we did a lot of things where we would have the refresh rate go a little bit lower. So we were pushing a, a few less frames, but we had higher quality frames. We moved the cameras less or a whole bunch of things we were engineering to just do stuff that today you can just pull out your iPhone and get a much higher quality stream from anywhere on the planet than we had to work with back in 2010. Oh, amazing how mm -hmm. quickly things move forward. How yeah. did you first get involved with Sue Bryce? So Sue Bryce, so for those that don't know the history, so I had an IT company, we started Creative Live. Creative Live, I was with until about 2015. I left Creative Live in 2015, and I partnered with Sue Bryce, who was a really well-known photographer. She was a portrait photographer, had a huge following, and had started to build her own online education platform, and was effectively looking for a behind-the-scenes business partner to come in and help her figure out how to make that thing work better, become more viable, and effectively let her focus on the mission and the content and run the business in the back end. And so after having built Creative Live, effectively, that's what I do now is I am the back end business partner, kind of one at a time for influencers that have a really large following that have some education to share that are basically looking for that business partner that can make the rest of the system run for them. Well, let me just tell you, one of the reasons why I was so mm -hmm. excited to talk to mm -hmm. you about everything is mm -hmm. I have a core business. It is mm -hmm. completely unrelated to what we're talking about, but mm -hmm. I have a new business and mm -hmm. I'm a newbie. So I have like a multi-million dollar core business. I know exactly yep. what I'm doing. You can't touch me. Yes, mm -hmm. I can still learn things, but not as quickly, right? But I have this new business where I'm teaching entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry titans to write their book, oh, fantastic. Uh, their mm -hmm. memoir. To be yep. specific, mm -hmm. because I think our stories are so much, we all need to learn from each other's stories. 2020, the pandemic, I went down big time into Janine yeah. Blackwell and Amy Porterfield to learn how to do the program. So now I have yeah. this program. I beta launched it. It's amazing. How do I take it to market? Right. And you're the guy, right? Mm -hmm. That helps people do this. And we're going to get more into who else you've worked with, but this is just letting you know, it's an ulterior motive for me to be talking to you about this. And funny enough, I just have to show you this. I don't yeah, absolutely. I love this. Sue Bryce was the mentor teacher to my best friend, Valerie Carr, who took oh. a photo of me for my book. And I've been hearing about Sue Bryce forever. And I'm like, oh my God, who is this person? Like, I'm not a photographer. I'm not in that world. I don't really care. But she has a huge following. And I think that huge following is in part, of course, of her mastery of what she does and who she is mm -hmm. as a person. Similar to me, we need yeah. a Craig Swanson, right? Yeah. To catapult you out into the world. Absolutely. I used to call myself the second stage rocket. So, and actually the thing is, you don't care about photography, but what Sue was teaching was 
she was teaching two photographers how to work with women to capture the best possible photo of women that represented the power and the strength and everything that they want to reflect in that photo. So whether or not that came through in the process, that she was trying to teach the next army of photographers Mm -hmm. to create the images that are on the back of the book and on the front of the book. and. Beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I know that my friend Valerie Carr, who lives in mm-hmm. Des Moines, Iowa, really, mm-hmm. it's not easy to access people from the coasts where people tend to land. And she was able to do that both online, but also in person. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move to Kaiza Fit. So I just had Kaiza on a previous episode, Mm -hmm. vibrant, wonderful woman. And she Mm -hmm. told me about a little bit about you and your partnership. So how did you go from all of these things that we've been talking about to photographer, to fitness expert and influencer? All right. Well, so first of all, just to explain how the process works for me, I tend to be partnering with between two to three entrepreneurs at a time because my focus is basically on helping them build out the back end and basically get the business up to a place where it's doing over a million dollars a year in recurring revenue. And then to start to build out the team that can take that company on the slow march or fast march from 1 million to aspirationally 10 million or wherever that visionary wants to take it to go. Or 95 million, absolutely. Yeah. And so at the time that Sue Bryce was, we were building that company in handing it over to a leadership team. So there was someone basically running all the marketing, running all the operations. Basically, we had team members that were basically running the entire company. I was looking for my next partner and was introduced to Kaisa through someone I'd worked with at Creative Live. This is all like huge tip. Take care of everyone you work with. Like referrals are like the way I've grown my career. And Kaisa had 870,000 followers on Instagram, had some success doing online education, but was really looking for that back-end business partner that could basically help her take it to the next level, figure out how to build it out. And I don't know how much we can like mention different systems, but we just had our EOS kickoff, which is the entrepreneurial operating system where we're basically traction. We are kicking off last Monday, the transition point to bring in the new management team that is basically going to lead the company to the next phase. Wow. So is that hiring an integrator, hiring, what does that look like for Kaiser Fit? So it's really, in a lot of ways, the team that's been there from the beginning. So basically, we started in 2019, slowly built out a small core team. In effect, I function as the integrator in these early stages with a visionary partner that is trying to find product market filter. Hallelujah for people like you. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever thought that you should write a book? That you should write the story of your life to help other people learn from your experience? please go to memoirsherpa.com and learn how I can help you write, figure out your publishing path, and market your story, your memoir, to a bestseller status. But I'm a weird integrator in the sense that I integrate by keeping things super simple, by focusing on profitability and product market fit, and I let my visionary instincts go play elsewhere. So I'm able to just narrow in and focus in on individual business, just on what they need. And then when it grows to a place that it's ready for the next stage, I hand off to the new integrator. And so that's what last Monday was effectively me handing the reins from me as integrator to Taylor, who's been with us as like a project manager and designer from the beginning. We had a conversation really in the first month that we started working with her where we were dreaming about what comes. And basically, if Kaisafit could grow to that stage, she potentially was the one to be able to drive it after that. And so what a beautiful uh, carrot to dangle, right? Yeah. 
It's a golden carrot. And it's really cool. So Kaisa, I've been Kaisa's business partner, helping her grow and build this thing out. And now she is doubling down on the vision. She is building out. I'm the only male in the team at this point. She's building an entire women team, really powerful, amazing women. And yeah, um, be scared of us. <laughs> it, it is amazing. <laughs> Women are terrifying. That's what I'm hearing from men in my event entertainment industry. When they come to interview with us, with an all women Mm -hmm. team, they're like sweating bullets. So (laughs) I don't know why. Actually, I talked with my therapist a little bit. I tend to prefer women teams or I tend to prefer women partners. I think deep down, it's about my relationship with my mom, but like we don't have to necessarily. (laughs) I think my mom was a frustrated, never became an entrepreneur, but but saw that as the path that she could have had if she had either a different skills or a different opportunity in life or grew up in a different era. And so in some ways, I feel like I am constantly repairing that. Yeah, that's a lovely challenge to have. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have any mommy or daddy issues, working through life, trying to give women the opportunity that your mother wasn't able to have is quite beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it was a different time, different challenges. We're, we're a lot, well, hopefully, overall, we're in a better place. Maybe yeah. not where we need to be. So you've handed off the mm-hmm. reins, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And what I was going to ask you next, which yeah. is yeah. not really going to have an answer, or maybe it will, is what mm-hmm. your current team looks like now. But For Kaisa Fit or for no, myself? or for, for you. For you as the entrepreneur. So there is this core trifecta that I am always recreating in businesses. It's a trifecta that I had with Creative Live. I pretty much have it every place, which is I tend to have a really strong project manager or video producer or basically lead production person. And I tend to have a really strong technical person. And then I partner with a really strong visionary or creative or educator. And then that core group plus me is basically our launch team for businesses. So it's this combination of market, mission, education, and then platform and video. Those are the things that come together to basically build a company that can scale. And then really the trick is for us to not get over our skis. Like I always (laughs) say, I never go in to build a business with a partner that I don't fully, fully, I'm not fully committed to and fully believe in. But the first step for me is proof of concept where we have to prove that the there is a market other than ourselves that's excited about this idea. And right. that is probably the biggest kind of discipline I have to put in place because if I was just chasing my enthusiasm alone, I would never be listening to the market and never actually be validating that there exists a hungry opportunity for what we're doing. The next question I was Mm -hmm. going to ask you, but you are in a very unique position today Mm -hmm. in your life, which Mm -hmm. is fine. And that is, what is the number one challenge that you're facing in business? But let's look at you. You've Mm -hmm. handed off the reins to Kaisa Fit. You don't have active partners and businesses that you're working on. Mm -hmm. What is your personal number one challenge in looking at the future? So first of all, to clarify, I am still part of the Kaiserfit leadership team. I'm just not the head of the leadership team. So I'm still holding the advisor. I'm an advisor. I'm also holding the finance role right now, and I'm holding the platform role for website. But those two other people can step up into when we're transitioning. So I'm an owner, and I'm a partner, and I am an advisor and a mentor. And now I report to the integrator. So amazing. Honestly, for me, the biggest challenge for me is finding the next person to partner with for the next thing that we're going to create. I only do this once every couple of years. I'm usually introduced to people 
from different connections, different places. It's this combination of looking for someone that has a vision, that has an audience, that has something that they want to be able to carry, that has some track record of success around that, but they're really missing that back end piece that makes this all work. Basically, the kind of the business side, the technology side, the financial side, all those pieces. And it would be easier if I were a vendor. It'd be easier if people just paid me and I was just a four-fee company. But it usually works the other way around. I'm usually the one bringing the money. I'm, I'm trying to find someone that I can basically help build into that next big phase. Yeah, wonderful. Of course, mm-hmm. my mind is spinning. But let's talk about mm-hmm. the group that you and I belong to, Entrepreneurship yes. Organization. How long mm-hmm. have you been a member? I joined in 2018, I believe. So I've been a member for, what is that, four years? Four years, five years, somewhere around yeah. there. Okay, great. I've been a member, I think, for 12 years. Oh, wow. About 12 years. Really incredible organization. And for me, the most beneficial things, typically people in EO say forum is something that is like the bread and butter of their Mm -hmm. experience. Not so for me. It's the extended education at MIT and Harvard and the Global Speakers Mm -hmm. Academy. I've just loved that. But you are very involved in the accelerator program. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, for those that don't know what EO Accelerator is, EO Accelerator is a special education and support group for entrepreneurs that are doing over $250,000 a year, but have not yet broken that million dollar a year mark that would let them join EO. And I love it. I coached in Accelerator almost my second year in the program. I audited Accelerator in my first year in EO, and I've been sharing now for a year and I'll be sharing next year. Honestly, I could share for a decade and I would be delighted. I'm looking for the person to take over, but for me, it's exactly the space I'm in, which is basically, I love this challenge of being with entrepreneurs that have some market reach, some area of success, and then they're trying to unpack and uncover the systems and approach and mindset and everything necessary to get them into something that can scale and grow. And I mean, that's what I do professionally. I have EO qualifying businesses that I'm an owner of, but I always start when they are making no money or they're making under $250,000 a year. And yeah. basically I am the lead and the like the runner of those companies until we break a million and start to build out the team that can scale. So for me, I am on this constant treadmill that's right what Accelerator is all about. And I absolutely just love it. I love the idea of the Accelerator and not every EO chapter mm-hmm. has one, but you're in Seattle. We're in Seattle, absolutely. Um, I know we have one in San Francisco. If anybody has a question about EO Accelerator, Entrepreneurs Organization Accelerator, you yeah. can just reach out to us and we'll give you more information. Absolutely. What are you looking forward to in this next year? I mean, you're probably looking for your next project to take on. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what the next chapter of my life is at this point. I mean, so I will say, so I recently tallied up the number of sales for all the companies that I've launched. So last count, I was at $92.5 million in digital goods sold since 2010. And I think by the time I break an even $100 million, I'll probably be ready for some next chapter. But I kind of want to go out. So I feel like I've got one more big at-bat in this current phase. And then I'm not sure what comes next. But I will say the one thing that I've learned time after time of doing this is basically building up, mentoring, and then like transitioning out or transitioning leadership, I'm getting a chance to constantly rediscover myself as I am separate or not separating. The first time I transitioned out of a business, it was painful. It felt terrible. It felt really wrong. And I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I just like my, there's this loss of identity. I feel that every time now, but it is a more familiar place and I have a lot more sense of who I am 
when I'm not doing business. And so one of the things I'm really proud of, Sakaisa, since she talked to you, has officially joined EO. So she now owns an EO qualifying business. She just joined EO. She is like just matched with the form this week. <laughs> I just, I set a personal little BHAG. I think by the time I'm done with my EO journey, I'd like to have more have brought more business partners into Seattle EO than anyone else has done in Seattle EO. And I don't know, I don't know how that is, but it's a fairly <laughs> unique number. And so I think that's my next chapter. For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. 